Welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. Today's guest is Rachel Favilla, a comedic nutritionist, yoga teacher, and author, who I'm really excited to have on to hear her different perspective of how she approaches nutrition um, and brings humor to our industry. So thank you so much, Rachel, for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. It should be fun. Yeah, me too. It definitely will be. So to get started, can you tell us a little bit about how you got interested in the nutrition space? Sure. So I've always been a bit of a food nerd. Like I've always loved cooking. Um, Or when I was little, I loved licking the cake batter spoon. But you know, that was good on foot. Um, And like reading cookbooks and all of that sort of stuff. And I loved health at school. Didn't always apply all of it because I really liked McDonald's. But um, I found it interesting. And then when I was 14, I got, I was, well, before then probably, but when I was 14, I was diagnosed with autoimmune hepatitis and I had lost 98% liver function and I was looking at needing um, a liver transplant potentially. It never got to that stage, thankfully, but it was very close. Like I was living blood test to blood test and often my specialist would be on the phone to another specialist talking about my liver function tests. I had no idea what they meant. He'd be like, oh, her AST is something or other. Do you reckon she needs to be flown to Melbourne? And, and um, yeah, and I didn't, re- I was on a lot of medication and my body didn't really respond very well. And because I had that love for food and cooking and all of that, I just thought, well, I don't know, but maybe, maybe food could at least help. I mean, if this other stuff I'm putting into my body is supposed to be helping and it's not, what, what about all the other stuff I'm putting in? Um, mm-hmm. So I just started really simple because this was before the days of social media and, um, you know, like just it being all quite accessible, all of this. So it started a lot of it just intuitively going, oh, all right, I don't think that actually makes me feel well, but I could eat this till the cows come home. Maybe I should be transitioning over to this sort of, you know, more oily fish and avocado and that sort of stuff. So I just, a lot of it was um, just listening to my body and then, you know, just little bits and pieces, like maybe a bit from a magazine or a bit from a book. And well, I did eventually get a bit more technological and over the years start listening to podcasts. But um, by then, my liver function test had already started turning around just based on really practical, simple, no special diet, just whole foods. Yeah. And um, by the time I finished um, high school, I was on a really low dose of just one immune suppressant. My active hepatitis wasn't active anymore um so I was like in remission and by the end of my first year of uni I was off all medication um and then last year I my last um scan I had a scar free liver which we didn't even know would be possible so yeah I think it was also that I mean I was 14 when it all started and I guess that's also the age where you're starting to think about what you want to do when you leave school and because I responded so well I'm like oh my gosh like I just want other people to know this. And I I think my thing was always, I don't want anyone else, especially as young as me, to get this sick this quickly and have no idea how they could have even prevented it. So I've always been, and my parents are both teachers. So I think I've got that educational drive as well. So I think I wanted to be, um, I, I knew I had already quite a bit of knowledge, but I wanted more and I wanted that piece of paper to be able to 
advise or not even advise but educate people from a professional standpoint yeah um yeah so that's I guess how I got into it it just seemed like a very natural progression I loved it so I wanted to become I don't even say nutritionist I say professional food nerd (laughs) I love it yeah wow what a story that's really incredible how you were able to turn it around like that and it really does show the power of food and uh, yeah, the liver is so fascinating the way it can regenerate itself, but that's so incredible mm-hmm. that you got it scar-free. Well done. Yeah, thank you. I always <laughs> going to get an autoimmune disease, get it of the liver because it, it can regenerate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It was my kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Good tip. <laughs> Be selective. <laughs> yeah, selective. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about your studies. So you studied at Endeavour? I did, yeah. Um, yeah. So I started when it was still nutritional medicine and that was the year yeah. that they brought in nutritional dietetic medicine. So I got yeah. transferred across to that degree and, yeah, did that full time for four years and, um, yeah. yeah, finished at the end of 2018. Brilliant. And since graduating, what have you been up to in the health space? Um, a lot of different things. I've been trying on a lot of different things, trying to find my feet. Um, but when I was in my third year of uni, I started writing my first book. And yeah. so that was published last March. Mm-hmm. And that's what called. I'll just hold it. Oh, wait, no, this isn't a video, is it? This is just, no, just audio. Yeah, but I'll okay, post a photo right. in the stories. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to hold it up. But um, yeah, my book period's who in a glorious you. So that's been, I suppose, my passion project and my biggest kind of um resource that I've been able to use so it's part autobiography so the much longer version of the nutshell story I just told you but it's also a health emporium so it's like a whole lot of information pretty much everything I learned between the ages of 14 and 2021 um, is included but it's all told through jokes and analogies and cartoons and cheeky self-deprecating anecdotes because I I love education I love writing and I love comedy and I but I didn't want to write a book like there's so many great books out there but I'm like because there are so many I didn't want to write one that was just a recycled version of what is already out there so I was like all right how can I make this difference and I found that comedic playful it's almost like um a kid's book but for adults in that you know there are like the food and the body parts come to life and they talk you through their roles and all of that and they make jokes and they make fun of me you know oh bloody Rachel she just she you know she couldn't even digest quinoa like she should have stuck to really go and I wonder she had weird farts going on you know all of yeah. that sort of stuff so, and then I'm like shut up quinoa um, so, <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. thank you so um yeah and then yeah I've I started writing for a few different sites. I write on my blog, Real Soup for the Real Soul. Um, I do see clients. I think it's took a while to find my feet with that just because, as you know, um, being clinical nutritionists, we're trained very clinically. And I was like, oh, I just, I don't like telling people what to do. Like I said, I'm about education. I want people to be eventually able to take their training wheels off and not be like, I mean, I'd be damned if someone went to a party and got offered something and they were like, oh, no, Rachel wouldn't like that. Rachel Mm. said, I can't, you know, I'm like, no, like it has to be you. So um, I think transitioning into a space where I can bring in my comedy and my playfulness and just educate people and answer their questions and give them the information they want rather than the information I think they should have or following a particular structure. 
Um, I've also started, well, I just started before um, quarantine came into place, um, <laughs> like a meal prep service. So for those that want to eat well, but just don't have the time or don't have the passion for cooking um, for $25 an hour, I'll go in and they tell me exactly what sort of style they want. And okay. I just use whatever they have. And the idea is to save them money because a lot of them are like, oh, I just, I buy all this stuff with good intentions and then I end up just getting Uber Eats. So it's about minimising food wastage. Um, they can be there and I can teach them how to prepare it so eventually they can do it for themselves. Um, but then they also just have stuff prepped. I can do stuff for the freezer. So I'm honestly open to anything as long as I'm able to give people what they need and make it fun and playful and lively. Um, yeah, I'm kind of open to anything. So I always say, even if it's not listed on my website, just contact me and see if I can do it for you because I probably will. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is incredible. What cool things to offer. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. much to debunk from that. Let's start with your book. So first of all, where can we get our hands on it? Because it sounds awesome. I know I'll be getting a oh. copy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, the best place, so I self-published, so the yep. best place is my website, um, www.soulsoul.com, and we'll include a link in yep, here. In the show well. notes, yeah. Available um, a few other places, like it is available on Booktopia, and I think it will be available Amazon, and it's available a few places locally. Um, but I will just, you know, a little behind the scenes plug for local artists or um, self-published is that what, and I would not have understood this before either, but um. If someone's self-published and you go to them, they make they they get all of that. If there are massive, massive cuts that come from if you buy someone's book from Booktopia or something like, yeah, I order on Booktopia. I only make four dollars ninety a book. Wow, even though you pay about thirty dollars for it. So yeah. Um, yeah, if if it's not you pay the same amount, so if it's no issue for you, please go to my site. <laughs> yeah, that's um, good advice. Yeah. Because it's so important to be supporting people. Like going out and self-publishing is so incredible and you deserve, yeah, to get that profit from it. So yeah. Thank I recommend so everyone much. who wants a copy, head over to her website. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And at the moment, I do know that cash is tight for a lot of people. I'm offering every new book purchase, you get a free half hour consult with me um, online or on the phone. So just Beautiful. to add a bit of value, yeah, extra support. Such yeah. a nice offering. Love it. So tell us a little bit about what it was like self-publishing. How did you go about that process? Um, I had a friend who knew a guy who had a, um, a local publishing, well, not local, it's New South Wales, but, you know, Australian publishing company. And it's a bit more um, alternative, but they also offer a self-publishing stream. And I think because there was so much, this was my first one and there was so much of my story wrapped up in it that I, plus also as a first time author and I, and maybe I could have gone mainstream, maybe I undersold myself and could have got it published with, but I think I was just like, if it's self-published, I own the rights to it and I can't be told, oh, you can't share that part of yourself or you can't yeah. use that language or mm, maybe don't go that far. You know what I mean? Like I was just like, it's too, I don't want it. I wanted it to be unique and I didn't want it to be like, oh no, this is what's selling at the moment. So you can't be as authentic. Um, so yeah. yeah, I just contacted them and it was just a matter of sending them the manuscript and then them being like, oh, we love it. This is so funny. We love the title. Um, and so then it is quite a big investment, but I suppose the upside is that self-publishing, as long as people come to you to buy it, you do tend to eventually earn that back. So it's like a bigger yeah. investment initially, but 
anyway um and then it's just stages of like it starts off the word document you sent and your editor will um make suggestions and all of that and then you get sent back and there's like you know it's a bit technical there's like little lines and notes and this and you have to like be really careful about how you save it so you're saving the right version and you make corrections and then eventually it gets typeset so it looks like a book um and mm -hmm. then that's very involved because then every time there's an error or you want to change something you have to make up a new word document and go page da, 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 line da, 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 paragraph da, 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 change this to wow. this <laughs> And there's a bit of formatting stuff that even when it gets changed over, sometimes typos that weren't there initially come or like um, a there becomes a different there just because of the, so um, yeah, there's a lot of fine combing and all of that. And I think what's hard too is that, you know, you keep learning. And so I wrote about the bulk of it when I was 20, 21. And then all of a sudden I was 22 and still editing. And it's like, oh, now I want to add this in, but like, there has to also be a stage where you just go, all right, that's enough for now. You can always write another book, but uh, <laughs> probably good for now. Um, and also I collaborated with a girl I went to high school with who's an artist mm -hmm. and got her to do some cool cartoons for me as well. And it, she was great because I, I knew exactly what I wanted things to look like, but I'm not that way inclined. Um, yeah. And she was so good. And she was like, just tell me exactly what you need. And I remember the day she um, sent me through just the cover not even colored in but just like the outline and I was like oh, that's amazing that's exactly what I wanted it to look like so it is fun it is a bloody lot of work but mm -hmm. I think it's also good because I was across everything I was involved in all the decision making and so it was a really good learning experience um, mm -hmm. I'm writing my second one at the moment with the goal to send it to more of a mainstream publisher yep. and have that experience but I guess I wouldn't take it back because I like it was just I learned so much from it and I also got to support a, another local business that are trying to put out good content as well um, and without authors like me they wouldn't be able to stay in business either so I guess it's yeah. a bit of a a win-win yeah. yeah wow what a brilliant learning experience yeah, <laughs> it's an incredible thing to do at such a young age too. And yeah, to just have that sort of initiative and just be like, I'm writing a book and this is what it takes. I'm going to do it. So well done. That's yeah, very commendable. Oh, thank you. I think what's funny is that you just, I was so resistant to it initially when um, my, one of my best friends was like, you've got to write a book. And I was like, oh, but I'm a nutrition student and a yoga teacher. Like, doesn't the cliche write itself? She's like, no, no. Like, so then it was literally just like in my spare time when I wasn't studying or working, it was like, all right, I'll just write a little bit here. And then all of a sudden you've got a manuscript. So then you're sending it and then you're kind of just getting drip fed all your next steps. So yeah. if you how hard it was going to be you wouldn't start but you kind of <laughs> as you go and then you're like oh once you've gotten so far like I remember even initially I'd written 61 chapters and wow. then I realized oh, I was going to publish a book that long from a first-time author so I had to I had to cut it by uh what did I do 61 to 21 30 chapters and Whoa. I had to I virtually rewrote it but I took the best bits from it but like I could have given up but I'm like I've already spent so long I can't give up. I have yeah. to find a way to make this work. So I feel like the more energy you put into something, the more you're like, I can't go back now. Like it, this has to come to something because I've spent so, <laughs> so much into it already. It's not going to be for nothing. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how long would you say it took from start to finish? Obviously you were studying at the same time. So maybe there was a little bit of extra time in there, but for you, how, what did that journey look like? 
So I started, I remember I wrote the first version of the introduction in April 2017. Yeah. And then by about eight, probably about a year, I had the, so I wrote on and off. I had the 61 chapter manuscript. And then it was in May that I realised that needed to go. And I had a massive freak out, very anxious. Um, but then I was like, nope. I'm going, okay, what are the main points that I want to get across? What are my favourite bits that need to get carried across? What can get scrapped? And then I literally rewrote the version of the manuscript that ended up getting sent to the publishers within a month. Oh, two, wow, so quick. Yeah. So it was almost like because I'd spent that long, that was like my writing education and so it did yeah. come quite quickly. Um, so, yeah, and then it's just a matter of like back and forth. That was about to... December-ish because I get yeah. but keeping in mind there's like weeks it's like or months where you don't hear anything and the publishers are working away at it and then yeah it's a bit stressful because I was in my final semester of uni and <laughs> you all of a sudden get an email be like okay here's the next thing of the manuscript have it back to us in two weeks and you're like oh. doing 18 hours of placement and working seven days a week but fine <laughs> so yeah um yeah, so it wasn't, in the overall scheme of things, wasn't that long. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm grateful it's made me quite a quick writer as well. So it's yeah. not a huge deal. If someone was like, oh, could you write 500 words for me for this thing? I could be like, yeah, easy. I'll knock that off in, you know, an hour or so. So, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So do you have any tips if anyone does want to self-publish or write a book of their own? What would your number one tip be to them? Um, I think, first of all, no what you want to write and what you don't as well. Like look at what's already out there and try to find your point of difference um, because I feel like there's never going to be too many books as long as there is a point of difference. There are, because I do start to see, and this is not a put down because there are so many beautiful books, but I feel like there are a lot of books in our um, sort of genre at the moment where they are starting to look a bit similar. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Especially the recipe ones and like, you could almost, all the recipes are almost the same bar a few ingredients and the way they're written about. So I think, yeah, thinking about what could I bring to this that someone else isn't bringing to it. Um, if you want to self-publish, start saving, maybe have a separate savings account for your book and just kind yep. of put away maybe, even if it's just five or $10 a week or a month and start saving for it because it is an investment. You will, as long as the book does well, you will end up earning it back, but it's not cheap um yeah. but you do learn a lot from it um but also back yourself like i probably could have been mainstream published the first time around if i'd had that belief i was just i think a bit scared i was very young as well um yeah. and all of that so don't yeah also don't think you have to self-publish you might be able to get a mainstream publishing deal as well um what else i think just and make sure you love it as well, like even because it is going to get hard. So you have to love what you're writing. It has to this, you know, I remember when um, I got the typeset version back and it had been months since I'd read the manuscript and I was reading it and because I'd forgotten lots of it, I was like, it almost part of it felt like I hadn't written it, even though I hadn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying this, even after hours and editing that had already gone into it. And I'm like, that's a good sign. So yeah. I think... Yeah, make sure. And if you don't love it enough that you would read it over and over, go back to the drawing board, I reckon. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh, wow, that is brilliant advice. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, so now let's talk a little bit about, we were talking earlier and you mentioned that you do clinic consults, sorry, um, your nutrition consults. Um, yeah. And you were saying how you go to people's home as well. So I haven't actually chatted to anyone who does the remote, what do you call it? You had a word for it. Uh, in-home? Yeah, in-home consultations. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about what that looks like. And you also mentioned that you were doing online. So can you tell the listeners a bit about that side of your business as well? Yeah, sure. So um, it's, I've only done a few because I am still quite fresh in this and a lot of when I first graduated, a lot of my focus was just on the book and getting her out there. But, um, yeah, what I like about that is um, I love to have people in the most comfortable environment for them. And a lot of the time that is their home. Um, and it also just means little things like if they have a question about something in their pantry, it's right there. Or yeah. they're just they're at ease because they're in their environment. Same with online. I think it's just and it's quite convenient for people um, as well. And it also means that I can keep costs lower because, as you know, nutritionists, we can't really give great rebates, if any rebates for most of the health funds. Um, so mm -hmm. it, having less overheads, not having a bricks and mortar business, but just being able to do it online or go to someone's home means that there's a lot less costs, which means I can charge less. Um, I could probably charge less or what they would be paying, the gap payment they'd be paying anyway if they were getting a rebate. So for me, I just think you shouldn't have to have a degree to know how to feed yourself, but it has almost gotten to that state. So you shouldn't have to be majorly out of pocket yeah. um, to have access to that. So I find that being able to go to people's homes um, saves them time, saves them money, saves me money. And it's just, it's, it's a nice feel to be in um, someone else's face sometimes as well. And you're not worried about, oh, like you, you also don't feel like you're playing hostess. So you're not thinking mm -hmm. about, is the temperature right? Do you need a glass of water? You know, it's a bit more like you just, you're there to serve them rather than um, all the aesthetics of like, is my space looking all perfect and all of that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's a great approach. I really like the idea of that. Thank yeah. you. And I guess they're more relaxed too and they feel then uh, like they can open up a bit more as well. They're not, I think just whenever we're at home, we just have that level of like, ah, oh. because sometimes I've just, I've done it across like sitting on someone's couch with them and it feels like just two mates having a chat and they get a lot out of it and we're both very relaxed. And then I find my, I find it easy to concentrate and my ideas flow better. And it's just a matter of a pen and paper and you know making the notes and then giving them the copy of the notes so it's um yeah I like it I'm I'm bit much I'd like it to be almost like a friendship professional obviously not yeah. you know super unprofessional but um yeah I feel like when someone feels more comfortable with you they're more willing to open up and that's where you get to because I think my biggest thing with clients is going I'm not judging you like what yeah. do you need to know about my dirty history so that you know I'm not <laughs> judging you and because at the end of the day, like, I don't want people to impress me. I just, we, I just want to help them. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And we can best help people when they are honest with us. So if you are making them feel really comfortable and in their own environment, that's a really great approach. Yeah. 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 Love it. That is so cool. So at the moment, you're obviously writing your second book. What would a typical day look like for you in your business? Um. So, gosh, I feel like at the moment it's just all over the place because of yeah. COVID. <laughs> it's been turned on its head, hasn't it? <laughs> I know, it has, um, but I think it's a great opportunity um, to just be like, you wanted time to write, here yeah. you go. Um, so 
but normally if I wasn't, um, if we weren't all in isolation, it would be, I might have a yoga class in the morning or a yoga class in the evening that I'm teaching. Yep. Um, so it would usually be get up, go for a run or a bike ride, um, come back, have a have brekkie and then start to think about what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that might be like emails or a bit of networking. So like responding to source bottle call outs or whatever, um, and then it might be just an hour or two of working on the book and then some mm-hmm. lunch and then more book or um, doing creating content for my blog or for YouTube. So something I've really gotten into since the world's just needed more comedy in it is I've yeah. started writing like parodies and um, I haven't got a great singing voice. It's a shower singing voice, but I've taken like <laughs> popular pop songs and um, changed the lyrics but still kept similar rhyme to what the original words were. And it's about being in isolation. So just for a bit of a laugh, um, putting, you know, connecting with people on Facebook and um, yeah. And then, you know, every now and then it might be that I have a client or a call or going to someone's place. So it does change on a day-to-day basis. Um, Just trying to balance the working on my own business, helping other people with theirs, um, doing my actual, the jobs that, keep the money coming in at the same time that I do on the side and yeah a lot of it I think is also just creation of going how more creative can I be what else can I bring into my business to meet people's needs and also give me another opportunity to that's not overcharging I you know that's still honoring what I need to get by yeah absolutely um and so how do you find the yoga teaching alongside the nutrition because I find they obviously complement each other nicely but what's your experience been with that I really love it because I feel um like food's great but sometimes people aren't ready to make that change like I kind of we were saying before we um hit record about how nutrition is something that is so needed but it's not that necessary you come out of your degree and there's just a whole lot of jobs for you to just slip into um maybe if you're lucky there's someone looking um kind of like how you slid quite nicely into your employment but um and but I feel like there will be eventually whereas I think yoga is a little bit more ahead so you come out of that and there are actually jobs waiting for you because people may not be ready to make the changes to their diet but they are ready to make do more of the mind body sort of stuff yeah and I think that's an approach it's helped I think to um, my writing and my yoga I think has helped me find the approach I want to take with nutrition because the reason I um, wanted to be a yoga teacher was I couldn't always find the classes that I wanted to do And when I did, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And so I wanted to be able to create a space that maybe someone, other people couldn't have found. And that was the feedback I started getting was, I've never had a yoga teacher like you. Oh, you just make me feel so comfortable. I don't feel like I'm doing the wrong thing or like I need to look a certain way. You've helped me see that I don't need to be flexible and I don't need to be a certain person. Um, I have a lot of guys come to my class that, you know, wouldn't have maybe come otherwise so again it's that whole like just breaking down all the myths and just being like it's glorified stretching if the y word freaks you out don't call it yoga you know that's that sort of thing and wait we'll have a laugh you know when we're coming out of shoulder stand I'll be like now okay ladies you might do a vagina fart I might do one just you know maybe just take a breath like drown it out you know little things like that um if someone does something a bit funny like we'll just we'll have a laugh instead of it being like you know if someone someone's phone goes off I'll be like haha that's just reminding me to move us on so they don't feel like oh my god what happened I'm I'm so sorry you know yeah 
Yeah, I like that. I think being a yoga teacher makes me a better nutritionist and being a nutritionist probably makes me a better yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that, just another approach. Sometimes I've had people come to yoga, they've ended up doing nutrition or people that have read my book want to then come to yoga or vice yeah. versa. It's kind of like they all feed each other. Um, yeah. And it's just another way, I suppose, of helping people with their health. Food's amazing, but it's not the only part of the picture as yeah. well. So it's yeah. another kind of tool that I can use. Yeah, absolutely. Getting that whole holistic health picture. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Do you have any advice for anyone who does want to combine yoga and nutrition as part of their career? Um, I guess just do it if you if you if you want to do it. I think um I'm just big on do it because you want to do it and because you love it. Like don't do it because of a certain aesthetic or like oh I just think that'd be good or that'd be trendy or like make sure you actually want to do it. You're not like, oh, that just seems like other people are doing that and that's a natural progression. It's like I had, it was not part of the plan to become a yoga teacher. I literally, I was working um, at a bakery with lovely staff and all of that, but um, I'm not wheat really. And wheat and I aren't the best of bedfellows. And I would come <laughs> home every and mum would be like, what is wrong with your eyes? I'd have these massive allergy rings. And I'd be like, yeah, there's too much flour at work. So I knew I needed another job. Um, and I was lying in Shavasana at a yoga class one day. And it, I wasn't the best period in my life. There was quite a lot going on. But it, that class just I really helped. And I was yeah. like, I want to be able to give this gift to people. And so I literally the teacher it wasn't our regular teacher it was someone who was training and I just said to her where are you doing your training that was amazing that's one of the best classes and that um school had a open day that weekend so I went along paid up front and within a few months I was starting my training so it was so like a, I need to do this not a oh that might go well with nutrition yeah, it yeah. was just you know yeah yeah you so were I cold think, yeah you were called the same with nutrition for me it wasn't like oh that seems like a trendy career to have it was like I just I need to do this so yeah I reckon yeah with anything where no matter what you want to do make sure you're doing it for your reasons and not because it seems to be the up-and-coming thing yeah absolutely I completely agree with that that's really good advice thanks Um, so what would you say your vision for the future is, or what are you working towards? Obviously you've got your second book. Um, is that the main goal? Yeah, that is also, and, um, and it's actually funny cause I'm thinking, and look, the title might change cause it might not be, you know, reeling people in enough, especially if I'm going with a mainstream publisher, but I'm thinking the comedic nutritionist, yeah. um, kind of like, cause what inspired me, which is funny, but, um, at heart, I'm a bit of a finance nerd, like just on the side. I like like that. My ner- the nerdy part of me likes the numbers and stuff. And yeah. I really love Barefoot Investor and his approach yeah. and how he has like the money mules and all of that. And I was like, ah, oh, like what if I could do this but with food and yeah. but bring comedy into it? So it's kind of like um, he inspired me. It's not like his book, but it's I don't know. There was just that little thing that went off in my the back of my mind. But I do. I want yeah. to. My first book's very funny um, and comedic, but this one's even more to the point and really breaks it down for people. So there's less of my own story and more of like just practical stuff. It's probably a bit lighter because it's just so practical so I can have a lot more fun with it. Plus I'm probably a better writer now than I was with my first one. Um, But ultimately I want to be a comedian of health. So what I do, I want to be known as the comedic nutritionist and do stand-up comedy and tour and 
be on TV and radio and maybe have my own show or whatever, but just comedy mm-hmm. as a means of health education is like the overall goal, just laughing our way to health. And because I was always like, look, the people that are already reading the health books and subscribing to the health blogs and all of that, they kind of, they're obviously happy with the content they've got. I want to reach the typical Aussie male that loves beer and, yeah. you know, the people that are like, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. I'm like, you could have both. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I want to reach the people that are not being reached at the moment that don't think they want to care because they're like boring, restrictive, nah, not for me. I want to reach them. And I feel like comedy in that setting is probably the best way to do it just for their sake. Not because I think there's a better way to live, but just, you know, so that they can have more life in their years. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like an amazing vision. So cool. Thank you. Um, Have you started doing any like workshops or talks to sort of start getting yourself out there in front of people? Yeah. So I've started thinking about it and like practicing in front of the mirror. Um, We can't really do large gatherings at the moment. So I'm (laughs) actually going to do it through YouTube. And then, um, so I feel like this is a great nesting time. And Mm. then when we're all like lifted from this isolation, people are going to be so desperate and I'll be like, come laugh with me. Um, So yeah, I'll definitely, I'll start writing the content now, getting, putting some feelers out and then um, yeah. And maybe bringing my book into it, maybe even doing some like readings of my book or like, writing more short stories from the perspective of food and like kind of doing that like story time. And um, I've done a bit of stuff in schools, like volunteer working with kids and we've had a bit of a laugh. So that I did that last year, like nutrition and yoga and they loved it. They were so switched on and they'd start showing me their lunches and being like, look, I put carrot into my sandwich and (laughs) all of that. So yeah, I think that too. I love working with all age groups. So I say all ages stages as long as you've got a body and a sense of humor fair game yeah love it (laughs) the world certainly needs more laughter so I think that's fantastic and laughter is so important for our health too so you're sort of like you're teaching them and helping them at the same time (laughs) thank you I kind of figure with um my book at the moment I'm like look even if you don't take anything on board you are gonna laugh while you read it and so that's still had a benefit and you might cook something from it because like there's things like um self-sourcing chocolate pudding in there and you know amazing but it's very pushing it's like very yeah 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 um very nice so what would you say your definition of success is uh I feel like this is cliche because this is a quote. I think it's Maya Angelou, but it's like love, and I'm probably going to butcher the quote as I try and recall it, but like loving what you do and how you do it and who you do it for. So yeah. I think um, this, and like there's a Japanese word that I really like, and I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of this too. So I apologize to those that speak Japanese, but I think ikigai or ikigai. And it's about um, doing what you can be paid for, doing what you're good at, doing what the world needs and doing doing what you're good at, doing what the world needs, doing what you can be paid for. And there's one more, um, doing what you enjoy. So it's, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, like loving what you do every day, but actually being able to earn a living doing it, but knowing that you're making a difference and it's kind of, and then the more that you can keep doing that because you're getting paid and can sustain yourself, the more you can, give overall yeah. and all of that the more generous you can be um the more others can support you the more you can inspire and you know all of that sort of thing so 
Yeah. Yeah. I think having that ripple effect, but, and being able to be of service and be generous, but also have your own needs met, not it being like, I'm just giving, but not receiving, or I'm just taking, but I'm not giving. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. That's a yeah, really nice definition of success. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so if you, what do you think is one mindset shift that's necessary for everyone to be successful in our careers? Uh, I think knowing that it is okay to do things your way and to have mm-hmm. a unique approach. I think a lot of the time and um, with Google, which don't get me wrong, the stuff that I'm not so hot on, like technology, Google come at me and um, teach me your ways. But I think a lot of the time we're like, oh, how did this person do it? Or oh, I guess I need to do this because everyone else is doing this. Like so many people go, oh, why don't you just open up a nutrition cafe and then you can do consults on the in a room off the side and all of that. I'm like, do you have any idea how much work that is? Yeah. <laughs> um, or, you know, things like, oh, why don't you have a program? And I'm like, because... I don't want to spend all my time behind a screen. Like, you know, and that's yeah. fine for those that do, but I think actually being able to say, yeah, nah, that's not my passion at the moment. Maybe I'm not yeah. writing the idea off, but knowing what you're good at, where you want to spend the most of your energy and not just, cause I think I've, I haven't spent too long doing that, but I know I have taken, gone down the rabbit hole a bit and gone and then caught myself and gone, hang on, I'm actually not getting a whole lot out of this. And I'm only doing it cause I think, I need to or because everyone else in my industry seems to be going this and um so I think just knowing that it, yeah it's fine to tread your own path with it and find your unique approach and that's actually probably going to serve you in the long run because if everyone was doing the same thing you know that's where there's only so many pieces of the pie because it's all the same pie but if there's several different pies everyone's going to like a different flavor and some people yeah. are going to really like your flavor so yeah. Yeah. And, and, and owning that and going, it can actually be a good thing, not a scary thing, not like a, who am I to think I could do something different? Um, because, yeah. Yeah. No, that is so valuable. To, yeah. You have to, again, I think it goes back to the success. You have to love what you do. And if you're doing something, even if it's in a, because I think you could, there, there's so many aspects of nutrition I wouldn't want to work in just because it's nutrition as a whole and you have to love it. Otherwise it's going to be a chore and you're not going to give as much to it and you're not going to get as much back from it either. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm huge on yeah following your passions and what you enjoy doing and yeah, not having to fit any like stereotypical mold. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. And also probably something else like supporting other people in your industry or similar industries. I loved what you said before we got on the call about it, not being, not seeing other people in our industry as, as competition, because so many of us just want to help each other because we're all different enough that it's like, we've all got different selling points and stuff, but yeah. we can all collaborate and go, Oh, I know so-and-so you would work really well with them or, Hey, I'm doing this. Do you want to collaborate or just bounce ideas off? I think we all want to actually help each other when we actually talked face to face, whereas sometimes I think you can see someone's social media profile and go, Oh, they seem way more successful or, you know, and then you actually talk to them and they, they're like your best mate. It's so, I think just, yeah, whenever you feel like yourself having that competitive envious energy, just sitting with that and going, hang on, maybe I could reach out to them and just get to know them. And yeah, rather than, yeah. Um, Cause I think that's, it's, it's very natural for that energy to come in. i would I'd, I would be lying if I said I haven't felt that towards some people before but then once I know them and talk to them it goes away and it's like oh yeah. we're not competing we're not competing yeah. at all 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially in this space, I feel like we are all so like-minded and we're all helpers. We're all healers. We want people to succeed and to be happy and healthy. So the same doesn't just go for our clients. It goes for each other because ultimately when we work together, we can help so many more people. So yeah, Yeah. I'm huge on collaboration. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Time for a book question. If you could recommend um, one book for every listener to read, what would it be and why? Other than yours, of course, because that's obviously on the list is something everyone should pick up. Yeah. Um, bit left a field, but I'm actually going to say the Barefoot Investor yep. for the reason being is that I find that other than time, money tends to be the biggest barrier for health. So mm-hmm. um, I find a lot of people they want my book or they want my services, but then it comes up to actually having to pay for it, and they're like, <gasps> can't. So I think if you feel like you're on top of your finances and you have the financial freedom, you're going to feel like you've got the money to invest in your health. You're going to be across where you could maybe save a bit of money so that we know where you want to spend a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and so I think financial health is a pillar of health that is very often left off. We go, oh, money's not everything. And it's like, well, um, we need to buy food and we need to have yeah. shelter and we need to be able to go to yoga. And these things do cost a bit. So, and we want to support local businesses and, all of that, I think if we can heal our relationship with money, which is like our tool that we can then use to um, create health, support each other, support ourselves, um, that's actually quite a healthy thing to do. So I'm big about financial health. And I find it funny that like food, fitness, finance, they're all the F words. So Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, money is such an important topic as well because it often isn't like taught or, taught or talked about. Um, And yeah, I personally loved The Barefoot Investor as well. It's such a good book and everyone needs to sort of have their finances in order because you're right, like money ultimately it buys opportunities and freedom when we do have the money to do the things we want to do or to feed ourselves the way we know we should be fed. It's so much more liberating. Absolutely, for sure. So, And if people want to join, I've got a um, group on Facebook called Funny Money Tidy Reads and it's all about... um, it's about comedy and financial freedom and decluttering and having like a just feeling a bit more freer in life and um, it's a bit of a book club as well. So if you're kind of into those sorts of things, just wanting to have a nice community to laugh and have discussions about money or like we're thinking of doing money meetups or comedy meetups where we just have fun, um, yeah. feel free just to join that as well and we'll work on, we'll, we will welcome you. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. What a nice space to have. Yeah. Um, so in nutrition we are in the business of helping other people but how important is it for you to take after your own take care of your own health very yeah very um yeah (laughs) yeah you don't realize I think when you're doing most of the right things and I think you might have a period where something kind of rocks your world and things slip and then it's even harder to cope and then you do I'm quite, um, if I'm not getting enough sleep or enough exercise or eating right, I get very erratic and I talk too fast and I make hasty decisions. I say things that are very inappropriate, ask for things that are very inappropriate. And then I have anxiety about, oh my God, I, oh, did I say that? Did I do that? Far <laughs> oh, out. Anyway, so um, I think sleep is a big one for me. It's probably the one I need to work on the most because I've got a mum who is an absolute night owl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I have all, like, yeah, I have to be careful not to um, let 
you know, in, let those bad habits be inherited. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I do find for me, sleep is the difference between me having a good mindset or just worrying about every little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise is big. I have to be outside and moving my body every day and quite regularly. Yeah. Um, food, I'm not strict about, like, I don't follow any particular sort of diet. I mean, I am vegan, but that's not because I necessarily think it's the healthiest thing. I just it works for me at the moment. Um, but other than that, I don't really have rules, but just, I just go as long as it's real food. So my num- my non-negotiable is it just has to be whole food. It doesn't have to be like, like we said, the body's not a calculator. So I don't, I never calculate my calories or my nutrient intake or anything. I just kind of know across the board. And then if I felt like, Oh, I've got these symptoms starting to creep up, that could be a deficiency. Then I might actively just adjust. Yeah. Um, those are the, and comedy, like having a laugh um, at the moment I'm yeah like writing a lot of parodies and songs like I think I've said that before and putting them up on YouTube just like changing words to pop songs and enough that they're a new song but keeping a similar sort of rhyming sequence so you know what I'm you know what the original song is and that's very as much as it's trying to spread good cheer on the interweb it's also just for my own (laughs) <laughs> to boy myself because of music and um rhyming and poems and all of that makes me happy so I think yeah being able to spend time doing what you love as well and being able to share that as well a friendship is really important as well yeah. like going for walks with friends see you know doing yoga with them just at the moment I'm doing a lot of facetiming because yeah. um, <laughs> not a lot else to do um, <laughs> yeah and I think also finding ways to give back and support others. And that doesn't always have to be with money. It can just be like doing things for other people, showing people kindness as cliched as that might sound. I think that is a big, just that part, that community, I think is also something really important. And um, yeah, making sure, like we talked about finance, just making sure that I'm feeling financially secure as much as I can be and making good decisions there, just because I know that that's something that could cause me a lot of stress if I wasn't across that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, those are the main things. Let's just to, so to recap: sleep, daily movement, eating real food, but not being strict about it, so that there's a lot of wiggle room. Mm-hmm. Um, friendship, creative ventures, or just doing what you love, and finding ways to give back and um, creating or working towards financial freedom. So what's that? Seven yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. That's a perfect picture of holistic health. It's a nice balance you've got there. Oh, thanks. Um, So before we wrap up, I want to ask, do you have any parting words of wisdom or advice that you want to give the listeners that we haven't covered today? I think think we've covered most of it. We've we've done well. I think just given the current climate, um, if, you know, I guess from my story, like I had a time where I was, you know, a few months away from death and not doing well in medication and really not doing well and you know they they don't really know what causes or cures autoimmune hepatitis but they do reckon that a virus is something to do with it so I was thinking the other day I'm like my life took a massive turn and yes there was a massive slump and it was scary and hard and I feel like a lot of us are in that space at the moment it's the unknown we don't know when it's going to be over we don't know what's quite is going to what is going to want to make it better yeah but you know so many good things have happened because of that time in my life. And I guess I have a virus to thank for that. Mm. So, um, 
yeah, my boss, one of my managers said to me the other day, you know, the sun will come up tomorrow. That's, that's a sure thing at the moment. And that's something we can be grateful for. So I think just knowing that this might be a good time to shed the things that you wanted to, you know, get rid of the habits that you were wanting to get rid of, but you didn't have the time to, maybe now you've got the time and the space. Yeah. So maybe using this time to kind of build the future that you want so many um, knowns and givens are being torn down at the moment and they're going to have to be rebuilt and that can include you so what world do you want to live in what life do you want maybe using this time to think about that start to build that because I think time is our biggest asset here most you know we have time to build if we start today in a year's time there could be a massive change that's happened within those 365 days so absolutely yeah, Feel the fear that it, you know, but also try to stay as positive as you can and see this as an opportunity rather than something that's been thrust upon you. Maybe it's for your good in the in the end. Yeah, absolutely. It's a perfect time for self reflection. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Very good advice. Um, Thank so, you. last but not least, where can the listeners find you to follow along with your journey? Amazing. Thank you. So my website's probably your best bet. So all the W's dot real soup for the real soul dot com. YouTube, just my name, Rachel Favilla. So R-A-C-H-E-L and Favilla F-A-V-I-L-L-A. Facebook, Real Soup for the Real Soul and Instagram, Rachel Favilla. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Rachel. It has been such a pleasure to chat to you. Oh, ditto. Thank you. It's been so fun and I love the way the conversation has gone. I feel like we've covered a lot in a short amount of time yeah thank you I think the listeners will learn so much from you thanks so much thanks I hope my pleasure I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it and I hope you agree if you did enjoy this episode please leave me a review and tell me what you think I would love to hear your feedback do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit I would be so grateful if you share it with them That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me, and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality.